I'm Anahi, award-winning U.S. and European certified floral designer, educator, and your host. If you are a florist, flower farmer, business owner, or simply a floral enthusiast, you are in the right place, my friend. I help you by providing insights through industry leaders and mentors through their stories, helpful tips, and tricks so that you too can take your floral business and design to the next level. I bring you the art and business of flowers. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to Viva La Flora Live podcast. Today, my friend, we are chatting with Connor Nisbet. Connor is participant and winner of Full Bloom Floral Design Competition on HBO Max. I've been talking about this program for a while, you guys. If you still haven't watched it, go watch it. And if you don't have HBO, I'm sure you, I think they do some free trials. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that, but check it out. Believe me, it is worth one month subscription. I guarantee you that. It was an amazing show and Connor from the beginning stood out. And when you watch the show, if you haven't watched it yet, you'll know what I mean. And to kind of also get to know him a little bit and listen to his journey throughout this process was fascinating and you know, after this interview, the thing that was apparent to me is he is genuinely kind and nice person. And I'm just so happy that I came across this. And I'm so happy that I had a chance to sit down and have a conversation with Connor. And of course, we talk about the show. And of course, we talk about the hows and the who's and all of that. So listen in. Hey, Connor, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me here with you. I'm like, so pumped and excited. Like I, I really am. Really? Oh, well, that makes me so excited. I mean, I'm already excited to chat with you. But I love <laughs> when people are just like dying to chat with me. It's like, oh, uh, little old me. Know, <laughs> Well, no, not really. You're kind of a celebrity now, you know, in our floral little world, right? In our in our own little rabbit hole, you're a celebrity. And on HBO Max, you know, nonetheless, right? Like, <laughs> I'm just kidding, of course. But again, I'm very excited to chat with you, not only because I'm really excited about the show, but above all, you were a a very pleasant surprise discovery of a designer for me. Well, I knew you. nothing about you until the show. And I felt like I got to know you a little bit and now I want to know everything about you. So I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one and not in a creepy kind of way, okay? <laughs> no, 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 no creepiness. Yeah. <laughs> right? So we'll, we'll talk about the show and all of those things, but you clearly stood out throughout the show, like from day one. You you really did, um, you know, and there was something special about you in the way you sort of approached design, color, aesthetics, and of course, the story behind it all, how it all kind of got woven together. It was very fascinating to watch, it was interesting to watch. And uh, I kind of picked you out of the lineup from the from the beginning. I was like, ooh, he's going to go all the way. You know, I don't know if he's going to win or not yet. This was literally episode one. You know, yeah. like he's going to go all the way through for sure. There's something special about this guy. Who is this guy? <laughs> you know, go to the next thing. So how long have you been doing this, Connor? The floral design? I have been in this industry for 10 years now. Right. And I know everybody kind of, it's either you accidentally fell into floristry or like you were dying to be a florist, right? Well, right. So I, I accidentally fell into it. I had just graduated high school and my boyfriend at the time had a cousin who worked at this flower shop. She was like, mm -hmm. hey, we need a delivery driver. So like you should come in and apply. And I was like, okay, right. great. Like that will help pay tuition. That's a job that I can do. I can drive around town all day long. Right. So I went and applied and they gave me the job and they hired me. And from there, um, that's kind of when it just like exploded. I had no idea. Like I, I really didn't know anything about flowers until 
this job. And then I was like, I need to know everything. I never want to do another job in my life. I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of how that started for me. And it started, um, so at that shop, it was fairly busy. It was a fairly busy shop. Every Monday and Thursday, we got pretty large shipments of flowers that would get brought in. And it was the driver's mm-hmm. jobs to process all of those flowers. Um, so that's really what kind of introduced me to all these different varieties. Is like I'd open mm-hmm. another box and it was like, oh, what's going to be in this one? This is exciting. I can't wait to see like what did the owner order in this week? Not that I got to play with them, but it was really cool. Right. I had never seen half of these flowers in my life. And like the first time I saw a pincushion protea, I was like, like it blew my mind. It truly blew my <laughs> mind. It's like, this is a flower? So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's how that kind of ignited that passion. And then I was like, I was buying books. I was watching all these YouTube videos. I, I remember watching a Hitomi video from like six years ago, geez, or f- seven years ago on YouTube. And she was like using these little spider gum pods. And I was like, oh my gosh, those are so cool. Uh, but that's, I mean, that was, that was it. It was a lot of like self-teaching and just exploring mm-hmm. and experimenting and, and fueling this passion to see where that would lead. What did you, what were you studying at the time or what did you want to become at the time? Or, you know, what's sort of the goal that you got sort of stolen away by flowers from? I mean, I wouldn't even say stolen away. I think flowers saved me from it. But <laughs> I was going, I was, I did two years of, of college for um, nutrition, wanted to be a dietitian. Yeah. I don't know why now. I, I look back and I was like, it was all desk work. It was all writing essays it was all pay- like it was not mm-hmm. so ever and I'm not sure how I kind of initially got into that right but I ended up there was a final due for one of these like second year nutrition classes and it was it fell the same week as Valentine's Day and I had been working at the shop now for like three years so I was right. they needed me for Valentine's Day and I just couldn't juggle it and I I had done the final and I went and turned it in and she's like oh this was like due two days ago and I was like okay Ooh. this is my sign I was just like I just you know I failed the class and that was like I kind of just quit college right then and it's like I'm gonna right. do flowers I'm going to do flowers like this is what I love anyway and I'm already doing it so why am right. I taking why am I you know spreading myself thin right totally understand so you worked with Kiana I guess most people know her as Tulipina mm-hmm. how did that come about again that was it's just like I, I say it was by luck but I you know I don't want to chalk it up to luck because I, I I like to believe that maybe there was a higher purpose for things she had put out a, a little call on YouTube or on Instagram excuse me that was she was looking for some designers to come record some YouTube instructional videos with her. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, write a paragraph, kind of explain why you think you'd be a good fit for it. And I had been fall I mean, it's Tulipina, right? I I had been following her. She was like one right. of the first following. And it, every time you see one of her pieces, it just I mean, your jaw drops and you kind of have to pick it back up and just and then you just stare at it for 30 minutes trying to just really visually digest all that beauty. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I wrote just a really heartfelt paragraph like that to them and she ended up picking me. And so I, oh. I went out to her studio when she was in San Francisco and I recorded a video. And after that, she was like, well, hey, I have an event in May. Do you want to be on my team with me? I was like, absolutely, of course. Right. And then from that, it was like, hey, we're going to do a wedding in Italy. Do you want to come be on the team? And it was, you know, and so it just kind of one thing after another led to another. And now I'm, I found myself, you know, assisting her on a lot of her, her events. And for me, that I, I, it's a dream come true. I would have six years ago, I would have never seen myself in this place or even thought I would have the skill set required to be here. Right. Do you still work with her? Do you still help her along with some of the projects? I do. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, who says no to an Italian wedding? I mean, in Italy, like, come on. We were in Ireland together, actually, earlier this year in January before Mm -hmm. the pandemic hit. Um, Right. Fortunately, COVID kind of shut down everything last year. I I lost all my gigs. So, I mean, thank God for the show that that kind of saved me and my business a bit. 
<laughs> How did the whole show thing come about? How did you find out about it? How did you end up on this show in the first place? So I was actually working with Kiana on a week on, on that weekend, and HBO mm-hmm. casting agent had reached out to another freelance designer that was on her team, and so that's when I first kind of initially heard about it. And then a couple of weeks later, they reached out to me, and you know, kind of sent me that message and was like, "Hey, we we, we noticed your Instagram. Would you be interested in doing this thing?" And I thought it was fake at first. Honestly, I was like, "Oh yeah, there's no way HBO." messaging me like get out of here like, I'll just ignore that one but I messaged him back and then that led to a phone call and that led to like a zoom meeting and then that led to like creating a submission piece and then I got flown out to LA to compete against the top 20 to see who would get narrowed down and be on the show it was I mean it was wild how fast it all happened but then at the same time once we were cast it kind of got pushed out and delayed right. and delayed and delayed um COVID of course, yeah um, we we initially started in March and then it got shut down and then we were in this weird limbo mm-hmm. zone of, you know, they didn't tell us if the show was going to get picked back up or if, you know, that was it. Right. Like you just kind of had a little taste that there's nothing coming from right. it. Um, I heard that it got canceled so was, and right before COVID, sorry to cut you off. Like I was yeah. heartbroken. I was like, wait, what? No, they can't do that. I can't. Dude, I wasn't even going to be on it. I'm like, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, I, was there. There. I, was like, I was having a meltdown. Yeah. And so that was like, that was all of us for probably four months. Right. We like, what is happening? Like, we just thought we had this huge opportunity and now it's just gone and we just go back on with life. But COVID's here. And so there there are no other things. Like, you know, that, that right. was it. But luckily they picked it back up and you know, flew us all back out in August. And it was hot. Mm. It was extremely hot. Oh, I heard. <laughs> oh my God, it was so much fun. It was the coolest oh, thing I've ever done. So in hindsight, what do you think set you apart? Wow, that's such a hard question. <laughs> um, a loaded one too. <laughs> I, I think in the last couple of years, I've really been able to pin down and narrow down my own personal aesthetic. And I think my voice, my creative voice is maybe what set me apart the most. Maybe just the way I, I use texture or just certain types of blooms or color palettes I was gravitated towards. You know, I don't know if I could pick it apart and explain to you exactly, but I do think, and, and just like every contestant there, I think we all had extremely strong voices in our work. Mm-hmm. So I think that was just what set me apart the most is I think you could you could usually tell which piece was mine without knowing. At least I like to think you could. I think you could too. And I think that was part of the reason why I said you stood out from the beginning. You know, I want to say mechanically and aesthetically, you are kind of true to yourself from the beginning as you sort of evolved. You know, you didn't lose that essence of, you know, you. If that makes any sense. Yeah. And even in the float, that enormous float that you guys made to go on a thing, which if I ever picked out, I'm like, that's, that wasn't really necessarily your aesthetic per se, but given the challenge, even then, you know, they said, okay, one's Connors. Does that make sense? I would still pick that one. Oh, it makes me really happy. Yeah. So yeah, that was I was like, ooh, yeah, okay. All right, let's 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 see how that's gonna go down in that water. <laughs> it was just no black in the yeah. water. You almost gave it away. You almost gave it away. I am I'm glad they didn't let you do that. What were you thinking? This is everybody's question, right? They they were always saying that. And I, I've gotten mixed responses from a lot of people. And I don't know, you know I've, I've kicked myself plenty, believe me. But I've also, you know, half of me was like, you know what? I stand by it. I would do it again because so much gets like drilled into, was drilled into us during the challenges that was like, if you are the team captain, like you really, you step up and you 
you are the one making the decisions and you ultimately are responsible for the team. Right. And on that particular day, yeah, maybe it was a little hot and I wasn't thinking straight and I was perhaps dehydrated, <laughs> but it was also, you know, like Kristen and I worked hand in hand in every aspect of that van. And it, do I agree that we were third place? Obviously not. <laughs> but I can't let her take the blame for it either. And that's that's kind of how it felt was like, I sat here and worked side by side with you and I made all the shots, but now you're the one taking taking the fall. And it, it just didn't feel right. So, you know, that right. that's where I was coming from. Granted, perhaps I wasn't thinking about the $100,000 at the time. Right. And in hindsight, yeah, I mean, that would have been one of my greatest regrets in life if I would have just, you know, kicked myself off right then and there. Yep. For the record, I literally screamed at the TV, at you, <laughs> and I apologize for the words that I've used while I was screaming. Now, <laughs> words I can't say on on this podcast, or I can, but then I write in full right? We're going to the opposite version of things. I was like, are you kidding me? What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? Dude, no. I commend you for it, but no. And it literally, it was kind of this moment of truth. And had the judges let you do that, I think that would have been a no return place for the show. I think ultimately they made the right decision of saying, that was mighty nice of you, but decision is made. And that made me really happy, you know, and kind of spoke towards the integrity of the show. Was I happy to see Kristen go? Absolutely not. I like, I, I was really sad to see her go. I really loved her throughout the show as well but i'm glad they didn't listen to you yeah. <laughs> you know i got to see more of you and more of your evolution talk to me about your last piece the room well i mean what do you want to know like I, there's there's so much to it that it didn't make the cut obviously right like it, right. it was a challenge that got condensed yeah. down to like 25 minutes or so so right. it was wild i mean i was completely overwhelmed because i've never done an installation this large. I mean, right. I've never done an installation as large as anything as we've done on the show. Like I've, we've all done installations until they throw these challenges and I'm like, this is next, this is just next level. I've right. never done anything this scale, but yeah, walking in and just seeing that blank white canvas was, was quite intimidating. So I tried to approach it in a couple of different ways. I wanted to create like a couple of nice, like vignette areas and then tie all of those together throughout the room. So I really emphasized that back wall. Being like mm-hmm. this combining of everything all in one because I mean you saw the room had been split down into two tones it was you know like a warm and right. a cool but mm-hmm. the back was like where everything was kind of merging together and it was mixing all in together and then it had the ice sculpture in front of it and then from that yeah I was I was trying to keep those color palettes extremely separate because I think visually it, it just it just made it more readable and it, mm-hmm. to me it, you know it made it a lot more interesting to be able to walk through and like here's this one side that's like a whole different, I mean, it it could be like a whole different planet. And then you look over here and it's like, again, different. And you're standing in the middle of these two complete opposites. And I don't know, I feel like I'm just rambling. I'm not really explaining that well. (laughs) Well, what were were there parts in that that you're like, that didn't make it in the show? And you're like, oh, I wish they showcased this. They're really, so the, there was some cool, like on the left side, I, I had done like almost a waterfall effect. Um, that we had mm-hmm. created this really cool like chicken wire and it was like blue hydrangea spiraling up to the ceiling and coming down and from there it like really pooled out and that's what kind of created this like swampy pond vibe feeling i mean it was like mm-hmm. water literally dripping down from the ceiling and just pooling out into the side and there was trees and like pitcher plants green anthuriums and everything kind of growing out mm-hmm. of it and that just you know it didn't get shown at all which is 
I understand there's there's so much content that they had to put into these episodes in such a short amount of time. Mm. And then again, on the death side, you know, I, I really invested a lot of time and worked a lot with Maurice to fine tune that Heliconia tree. It, it was really amazing, but you didn't get to see a whole lot of it either. Right, right. Well, Maurice wanted to see 10 times more Heliconia hanging from that yeah. tree, <laughs> you know. So at that point, was it going to really be like a tree? I guess I kind of wondered a little bit. But yeah. No, it was... It was beautiful. It was breathtaking. It definitely told a story. What would you do differently? For the room? Honestly, I look back and I just wish I could have cleaned things up a lot. You know, like, you know, when you see things and you're like, oh, that's messy. Why did I do that? Or that's, I wish, you know, I would have fine-tuned this or done this and this and this. And I think it didn't show through a lot, but I had done this um, kind of dried lotus walkway that was with all these unfolded Mm -hmm. dried lotus leaves and i would have i should have done that like the very last thing i did because those things like the second they got stepped on by anybody it was crushed and ruined and that kind of added to this like junky look to the room overall i wish i would have fine-tuned my carnation garland i mean i could sit here and nitpick at all the like the mechanical flaws all day long that was the biggest thing is sometimes it was such a rush in those two days. It was just like, just get it up. I know if there's a little bit of chicken wire showing, it's like, we could revisit it or, or maybe not, but like, just get it up. Right. Yeah. What would, this, what would you recommend people who are hoping to be on the second season? Right now they're casting for it, right? So when they, if and when they end up on the second season, what would your recommendation be? Like, what should they do or do not do? I've, I, so I guess I'll start with the do not do because I've had a lot of people message me. They're like, oh, I really want to apply to season two, but I just don't feel like, you know, like I'm good enough or, you know, I don't have a strong enough personal voice. And I was like, that's not, I mean, that's not true at all first, but second, you are right. good enough by saying, I mean, you're automatically disqualifying yourself by not even trying. And then right. to what I'll tell people who think they don't have a voice you do. You might not realize it. Everybody sees flowers completely differently. And, and your voice mm-hmm. is truly uniquely yours, even if it's a standard style or it's a, you know, a popular way to arrange. I don't, you know, whatever it's, you will still design something different than, than the person to your left or the person next mm-hmm. to you always. So don't say you don't have a voice. Um, you know, it really irritates me when people are just like, well, I don't have a creative right. voice. I don't have, he's like, yes, you do. You totally, you <laughs> totally do. I would tell everybody, go for it. Because that was mm. that was the biggest thing for me, too, is I don't like being, you know, in front of a camera necessarily. I don't you know, like having to public speak, but I pushed myself to do it. And it it really pulled me out of a shell that I didn't realize I had put myself in, if that makes mm. any sense. It forced me to grow in ways that I didn't think I was ready to do it. But it turns out like that's what I needed most at the moment. So I would tell everybody, do it because you're going to learn a lot about yourself. That is so true. Well, I always say this like a broken record and these are not my original words, but we all grow from a place of discomfort. Nobody grows from the comfort zone. Just just doesn't, you know, you just coexist in your comfort zone or whatever. But if you want growth, you gotta, you gotta push the limits a little bit, right? You gotta be uncomfortable. Otherwise nothing new is gonna, gonna happen or, or come about. So yeah, I totally agree with you hundred percent. They should, they should sign up for it. And in, in looking back, I mean, you've seen, You've seen all of these amazing designers come and put their heart and soul into it and do some incredible things and also do some not so rewarding, incredible things. Not that they were not incredible, you know, considering the situation you're in, right, and level of stress and so on. But 
what was your biggest surprise and the aha moment or the thing that you've learned? You're like, oh, I never thought about that. Why didn't I think of that from another designer that kind of surprised you? Oh my gosh, it was so many different people that like were constantly blowing my mind. Um, Kristen's use of paint, like kind of Kristen and Adam in both in a regard, right? Their use of paint and just other textile mediums incorporating mm -hmm. that into florals kind of blew my mind a little bit too because I, I think we get trained I, or I, I just maybe we we just come to learn that like oh like a flower arrangement is usually strictly flowers right but no but now mm -hmm. when you start adding like gems and different jewels and all these different painted leaves and adding like mixing it up and it's a lot more graphic and way way different I think you start to realize it's like flower you can do anything you want with flowers they are a medium just like paint just mm -hmm. like anything else but we so often have to limit ourselves because they, you know, they have certain requirements that have to be met, right? Like they can't, they can't be too hot. They will, they do need water sources. They are on a ticking clock <laughs> from the moment you get them. So that makes it difficult too. Mm -hmm. So they're different in that regard, but it, I think the show and just being surrounded by all these different creatives really showed mm -hmm. me that, you know, you can do anything you want with these flowers. Don't box yourself into just, just doing arrangements or just making bouquets or something with these like yeah i mean i earlier this morning before this call i was i was taking wasp nests and like old dried blooms and i'm like gluing crystals into the wasp nest and things like that and for me that's still flowers right I, they're preserved blooms, mm -hmm. but i mean that's all within this this realm of floristry well if you look at it as a an art form not just floral design all of a sudden flowers and leaves and botanicals or whatever are just a medium that you incorporate in your art and sometimes it's a living art sometimes it's a art that lives a day or two or an hour or two depends what you use and what you did with it but if you look at it as an art form then all of this crazy stupid rules that we all kind of put in our heads flower design you know kind of goes away because mm -hmm. it just gives you this freedom right because yeah. i mean if you think about it do you know how many times i've heard this is I don't know, maybe the last time I've heard this, maybe it was five years ago, saying, oh, you know, well, you shouldn't really mix garden roses with tropical. Who says? That old way of thinking, right? Think about this for a minute. Like, but, but if you go back 20 years... That was a big no-no, right? So like so often it's like, oh, you shouldn't do these with this, or or you have to oh, have yeah. this amount of stems, or you should do this and this and this. And like mm -hmm. get that there are some design principles. Or I mean there's a lot. There are design and those are important. They are incredibly important. They're also meant to be broken every now and then. Yes. Yeah, I mean that's how you experiment and grow. Right. Well, if the art theories and design how it is, principles and elements and so on weren't broken, we wouldn't have Picasso, we wouldn't have Dali, we wouldn't have a lot of other amazing and painters and artists and so on I think so yeah I think the beauty is in breaking the rules but breaking them in a way so that it's not like making you scratch your head and trying to figure it out making it in a way that you don't understand it but it's intriguing enough that you want to know and learn more so yeah I agree I love that so Connor we watch you get engaged oh, your yeah. personal your entire <laughs> personal life got unfolded on TV man I mean you had such a journey you had such a difficult journey leading up to it you know and like I don't want to bring it down from the high but you know you personally going through health issues right and and and, and your mom and, and kind of come in full circle and then watching your engagement happen on TV. And I, you know, I almost cried a time or two watching the show because it was just so genuine. A, the pain you went through came through and also the triumph of it all at the end of the day. What have you learned from that experience? 
Oh my word. You know, I, I think I started the show by saying, you know, like I often doubt myself and I, I struggle with having confidence in my work and, and that, and throughout, I mean, I think for me, that was my evolution on the show was mm-hmm. just finally coming to terms with the fact that like, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about your work, as long as you love it and you find that fulfillment in your creativity. And it, it just kind of, I don't know what happened. This weird switch kind of flipped in me all of a sudden when I realized it's like, you know, I can do whatever I want and I don't have to be this person that my family expects of me anymore. You know, I can finally just be the person I want because I feel like I've shown my work and I've shown what I can do and I've put that out there to the world. And now it's, you can take it or leave it. <laughs> Does right. that make any sense? Like it just kind of gave me a platform to be like, this is me and this is who I am and this is what I want in life. And that's mm-hmm. why I proposed to Tyler. Because that's that's something I want. <laughs> How's the engaged life? It's it's fantastic. I'd be lying if I said anything changed. But... I was hoping you're gonna say that. <laughs> I was so hoping you're gonna say that. <laughs> we're very happy. I, I would say yeah. we're happier. Yeah, I, I mean, just that's just the next step that's in our great. lives together. And we've been having fun kind of planning things out slowly, not knowing what's going to happen with the pandemic and with COVID is kind mm-hmm. of, you know, it's, right. it's giving me another level of, of kind of empathy for all my clients that have had to cancel last year. Cause it's like, now I'm experiencing right. firsthand just how, I mean, it's part of the language, but just how shitty it is to have to cancel your oh, it is. I mean, it sucks. It's terrible. Yeah. And, and A, B, and yeah. Well, and yeah. So when, when A, B, C, and D all fall through, like, what do you do? <laughs> so You just shoot for the Z <laughs> from the get-go? Hopefully, hopefully it works out by then. Just right now, I'm just joking. So when is the date? When when are you guys planning on doing it? Hopefully. Plan, well, hoping and planning on the fall um, because I, nice. I want an outdoor wedding. We both want an outdoor wedding right. in, in the the mountains of Utah, like it, it of can't be beat fall in Utah. No. Um, so keep your fingers crossed for us. That, that I am. I am. I'm hoping. Out. I'm really hoping. <laughs> but I'm hoping for selfish reasons. I kind of really want to see those images of your wedding because I think it's going to be off the hook. It's going to be fun. I <laughs> Dying to see it. And, and I truly want that for you. Besides that, you know, not just all selfish reasons, obviously. But And congratulations, by the way, on the win. Thank you. On the engagement and 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 all of this what's next for you creatively what's the next chapter or what would you like it to be so the next for me i really really want to just kind of explore kind of more some like still life photography um but also going into like really in depth and detailed kind of imagery i personally want to kind of step away from weddings a little bit they've never as far as like my personal business goes they've never been my my bread and butter in a sense. Um, you know, I, I mm-hmm. freelanced a lot for other florists and helped them with their weddings. And that's kind of sure. the main source of my income is freelancing. And so now I want to, I really want to invest back into my creativity and back into my business. So, you know, I've ordered some cameras, a bunch of different lenses, light, like lighting and things like that. So I can kind of dive into my own work a little bit more and, and just see where that goes. And like I said, you know, I said it earlier, I was kind of experimenting with some organic elements and like mixing some crystals with, with things like that. So I would say that's what's next. I do Mm -hmm. have, I have an entirely new website that we've been working really hard on. I don't have, you know, a release or a reveal date for it just yet, but it'll be around the corner that I'm hoping also to kind of set up a a subscription service. um, And then we'll start going from there. And and seeing what's happening. But. Yeah, I am very excited for you. Very happy to hear all of this. Again, um, you know, there were a lot of things that came out of this show for the industry as a whole. I personally took a lot of things out of the show as a creative, as an artist, and as a florist, and so on. Just watching some things unfolding, and you're like, ooh, that's such a good idea. 
oh, I will never do that. Okay, great. But that is amazing. So there's so many pieces like that, right? You know, but again, there were a few people that I just never even heard of. There were this really pleasant surprises and discoveries, you know, as, as artists. And, you know, I started immediately following these people and I'm like, yes, this, this is so fantastic. I know the show was made for, you know, sort of the normal public, not necessarily the florist, but I think the way they kind of did it all, it definitely catered to florists and, and then, you know, general public, I think, and it came in the right timing. For sure. Well, and I think it did a, a fairly good job at, you know, representing our industry, at least the amount of work yeah. that goes into some of these large installations. Yes. It definitely showed that. <laughs> it's like this, these pretty flower walls don't just kind of show up overnight. It's not how it happens. It's not how it works. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, I love it when people go, oh, well, you're playing with flowers. Must be so nice. Yeah, I am knee deep in crap. <laughs> yeah. When I'm doing an event. Yes, above. Playing. Party for sure, but <laughs> like you know, I don't know, like mile high crap every day, and you know, countless hours hard work. So yeah, hundred percent agree. I, I do agree. They they showcase that very nicely. So I'm I'm hoping and super excited for the second show, uh, second season, and I'm hoping that invite you guys as sort of maybe guest judges or something like that because it'll be fun to see. I'm hoping. I think I hope. I know Ace and I have. <laughs> both kind of you know put the feelers out there it was like hey we you know we wouldn't be opposed to maybe coming right. back. <laughs> um, so but i haven't heard for sure uh i'm i'm really excited that they're doing a season two though because kind of like you said there was there were so many florists that like you now follow their work and you're absolutely in love with them but you had no idea about them and that's mm-hmm. that's why i'm so excited is this is giving so many more people you know, an opportunity to shine and get their voice out there. Absolutely. I mean, because we all kind of come from this, this same background of, you know, this is our passion and we're making a business out of it. Now we're trying to make a living mm-hmm. and support ourselves. And then, I mean, this is huge. What a, what a great way to just spotlight those individuals that are pouring everything they have into their livelihood. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really, really well said. So all of these experiences that you just had, right? I mean, it's, yes, you're going into the photography and I'm pretty sure flowers are never going to leave you. Oh, Oh, absolutely just, There's just, there's just no. no way. From business perspective, right? This is all creative, creatively. It's it's wonderful. And you said, you know, doing freelancing sort of was the bread and butter and trying to, trying to bring the money in. How difficult of a challenge is it to, to balance the creative versus making money? You know, they don't quite necessarily go hand to hand all the time, right? What you want to do creatively oftentimes costs so much money and effort and energy that you just don't have and vice versa. How do you find all of that balance, you know, and especially through COVID too, I mean, which is a whole nother layer. I mean, I think that honestly is the challenge of owning your own business is is not burning yourself out and and maintaining your passion while still, you know, compromising in some regards so you can make your ends meet. And there's, I found a, a couple different things that honestly work for me, but I've, you know, anytime I've got some leftovers, I'll, I'll make myself a little arrangement and not one, don't make something with the intention that like, I'm going to post this to social media and it's going to get all the likes. Like, mm-hmm. Make yourself something that you want this to be the background on your phone. Like you love it that mm-hmm. much. You don't, you don't have to share it to the world. It's just like, you love it. For me, it's finding time to just do those little side projects of things that 
I want to pursue and giving, allowing mm-hmm. myself that time. When you have the rest of those, those commissions or those jobs to do that are maybe not so creative or not so fun, you know, it's like, it's okay because I got to have my outlet already and now I can get back to work. And then maybe a couple hours later or a couple of days later or a week later or whatever, I can revisit another side project. And I think mm-hmm. it's, you really, really have to allow time for that kind of self-care of your creativity and that self-love. Um, otherwise, I think you find yourself in this vicious trap of you're doing the jobs you don't want and but you're getting more of that because that's what you're doing does, does that make any right. sense <laughs> i mean you you get Absolutely. you get more of the jobs of that you're you know you're putting out you get the work that you're you're putting out so if i'm only doing little little birthday arrangements or whatever every single day and that's what people see me doing i think that's what they'll come to know me for and that's what they'll reach out right. to me for right which totally makes sense but i mean if you're doing installations every other day and that's what you're posting and that's what you're showing i think that's what people will see you as you know, is a big installation. Yeah. So create the work that you want to create and show that to the world. Do you think freelancing has given you that leg up in essence as well? I don't think I would have survived the first challenge on that show if I hadn't had all these freelancing experiences. Okay. Um, Freelancing isn't, I mean, it's incredible. The fact that I've had all these different experiences through freelancing and that in turn has kind of helped shape me into the florist I am. It's because I've met all these wonderful different people in this industry and and I've learned 15 techniques to get to the same end result, right? And they're all mm. correct. They're all the right way to do it. Mm. I mean, there is no wrong way. I'm, I'm sure there's, there's better ways to do certain things and there are correct, right and wrong. But, but what I'm saying is like there... That's the beautiful thing about freelancing is I get to see so many different perspectives and I get to see why why this florist loves flowers and it's it's a completely different reason from this florist and I just love the people and freelancing kind of enables mm. that for me is I get to meet all these different people. Well said. I I used to free I used to have more time to freelance. Unfortunately, I just don't have the time anymore. I miss it a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's hard on your body. Yeah. I will say that. I mean, when you're freelancing these oh, big events, yeah. it's, I don't think you can do it for too long. <laughs> but but yeah, no. for people, you know, I they become my family, just like all the other contestants from the show. Like I, I love them so dearly because of those experiences we had together. Absolutely. If there's one thing that you could change about the floral industry from where we are right now. You had a magic wand and you could change this one thing. What would that be? Well, I hope it's not, it's pretty controversial. I'll say, like, I, I really wish we could get rid of the single-use plastics and foam. As someone who's already been through cancer and has lost his mom to cancer, um, mm-hmm. I hate that we we see florists so regularly, regularly using this product that has been proven to cause cancer and is absolutely terrible for our environment. I think there are much better alternatives. And I think every day we're learning and we're creating new techniques that will help us move mm-hmm. away from that. Unfortunately, there is no magic wand to make it all go away. But that would right. be my wish, I think. Well said, my friend. So Connor, where they can't find you? Right now, predominantly Instagram. Like I said, the, the new mm-hmm. website's in the works, um, but that'll be attached to the Instagram also. So you can find me um, at Connor Nesbitt, just on Instagram. Be up there, send me a message, shoot me an email. I would love to hear from you. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was... Fantastic. You are as nice and as kind as everyone said you are. I've talked to a few people from Full Bloom and every time I'm like, so Connor, they're like, oh, Connor. Like it was just this thing just happened with everyone. I was like, oh my God, I want to really talk to this guy because he just sounds so nice, you know, and so kind. And, you know, we, we could all use 
you know, the world needs some of that. Right? Right now. Yeah. yeah, we need, especially right now where we are with everything else that's going on in the world, not to, you know, get into health and politics and all the crazy nonsense that's going on right now. Right. So, yes, I agree. We all could use a little bit of counter energy, I think. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And my absolute pleasure. And we'll share everything on the show notes. And I cannot wait to follow your journey when your website's out. Cannot wait to see it and can't wait to see your wedding photos. Yeah, I'll be sure to post tons. It'll, you know, if it happens this year. I feel like it'll happen, whether it's this year or next year. You yeah, know, it'll happen when it's the timing is right. When it's right, it'll happen. Yeah. There you go. All right, Connor. Well, thanks again. And hopefully we'll meet again, you know, and this time, hopefully there will be no pandemic and I'll be in live, you know, in real life event or something. Who knows? But yeah, fingers crossed. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we'll chat again. Thank you so much. Bye. All right, guys, thanks for joining again. And this was it for today. Be sure to check out the show notes for the full bio and all the good information that we shared. Other than that, I will see you next time. Bye. Well, it's a wrap. Thank you, everyone, for listening, for tuning in to Viva La Flora Live podcast. We'll see you next week.